Hello, and welcome to another engaging episode of Cyber Speaks Live, the InfoSec podcast recorded in front of a live online audience, giving you, the community, a voice that can be heard around the world. And now it's time for your host, Duncan Macklin. Hello, everyone. My name is Duncan Macklin. I am InfoSec War on Twitter, and this is another engaging episode of Cyber Speaks Live where we get to be blessed by having some great co-hosts come on each week and be able to share their experiences in the InfoSec world. And you get to be able to engage in that dialogue, essentially giving the InfoSec community a voice that can be heard around the world. This week is no exception. We have a couple great folks joining us all the way from Australia in the middle of the night there. Um, I'm also graced with the presence of Philip Wiley, who is going to be on my side of the table helping conduct this interview. This is a first for us to be able to have a uh, guest coming from this side of the fence, so it it should be pretty interesting. However, um, before we get started, most weeks I do our monologue with the Uh, basically the cyber clusters of the week where I talk about the previous week's uh, cyber security episodes and and the things that have been going on in our world. However, today is September the 11th and uh, we need to just take a moment and and pay respects and remembrance to those 3,000 plus lives that were lost and to um, say thank you to all the wonderful men and women, the first responders that instead of running away, they ran into and did everything within their powers to be able to save lives. And for many of them, it was at the cost of their own. So on this day, we will never forget their sacrifices made uh, in the face of terror. And we stand against that type of terrorism and we stand against those devious acts and you know instead of it just being some monologue uh, piece that we're putting out there I would encourage every one of you um, no matter what continent you're sitting on because this is something that impacts us all take a moment when you see one of those first responders today walk up to him Thank them for their service, shake their hand, give them a hug. Let them know what they're doing is worthwhile and it's meaningful and it has impact. Just give them our thanks. So with that, let's go ahead and get into today's topic. And uh, forgive me, let me just shake that one off there. Okay, so um, Philip Wiley. Philip, can you say hi to the great folks here? Hello. <laughs> okay, well, allow the... me to join you today. I'm, it's a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. So, Philip is one of the most respectable uh, pen testers that I personally know of and, and came by high recommendation as well. So, you know, I am a blue teamer to my core, I am a protector and defender. It's part of my you know, prior law enforcement background, you know, it's what I endeavor to do and it's why I got into InfoSec and made that transition so many years ago. But, you know, I'm not necessarily that great red teamer, pen tester, you know, who has all the the, the craft or trade craft down for that. So when I feel a little bit out of my skin, I have no problem raising my hand and asking for help. And that's why I've asked, uh, Philip to join me today and just kind of play devil's advocate with the team that's joining us from Attack Forge. You know, this is some pretty compelling technology that I've already seen and I've had conversations with the guys, obviously, you know, leading into today's podcast. But this is such an impressive platform, but I don't know if it's just my, you know, naivety in this particular space. So I wanted to bring Philip on to kind of play devil's advocate for the attack porch 
folks. And, you know, without further ado, let me just go ahead and introduce these guys to you. So, uh, Phil and Stas are the co-founders of AttackForge, which is basically a penetration testing uh, management and collaboration platform, if you will. And it's used by enterprises and consultancies, independents, you know, around the world. And I think based off of our last conversation, they said there's some 2,500 plus uh, consultants and, and pen testers around the globe that are using this platform already in kind of a open uh, source, not open source, but open platform freely available to them. Um, so they're, you know, running these pen test programs and managing the delivery of these pen testing engagements to their customers already using this attack uh, forge platform. So with that, uh, guys, I believe, like I said, it should be about 10 after three in the morning down there. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Spot on. Duncan. Uh, yep. Well, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure which time zone. I, I think Australia has what four or five time zones similar to us. Yeah. 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 So I, I wasn't sure exactly what time it would be, but really just want to thank you guys for getting up in the middle of the night, joining us here on our own time zones and being able to make this thing happen. I hope you have that Turkish coffee going and uh, keep it filled. <laughs> so, so Phil and Stas have a, a long career spanning information security and pen testing. The guys have operated their consultancy in Australia for over five years now, providing this pen testing capability to major industry sectors, government agencies, and, and prior to that, managing one of the largest pen teams in all of Australia uh, for a global defense company. So um, in that time, the guys have delivered literally well over a thousand pen tests and using all the knowledge and all the experience that they've built from the field, they've now designed this platform to address many of the pain points that organizations face when managing those large-scale penetration tests and, and the delivery of those engagements. So um, recently, the, the guys joining us, Phil and Stas, were at uh, Black Hat USA Arsenal telling their story about why pen testing is so broken today. And, and you know, that broken is a term we do often hear in security, right? and how they're trying to solve that using this AttackForge platform. So in today's show, they're going to be sharing their experiences and talking about some of the things that are broken with pen testing and hopefully sharing some insights with our listeners about how and where they're impacting some change and hopefully providing some true insights for you guys. Now, be sure to stick around to the end for our Q&A session, because as soon as we wrap that up, the guys do have a an enterprise version of their product. You know, the, the freemium version, if you will, is out there. You can register and start using it today. However, they do have a, a professional enterprise edition, and they're going to be giving away three copies of that for a one-year license after we wrap up our Q&A. So be sure to stick around for that. So guys, um, uh, there's the introductions. I'm going to turn it over to you, let you introduce yourselves, add any color commentary. Let's let's get to it. Uh, hello, Stas is here. Just thank you for warm introductions. And uh, I just want to say, before we continue, we're not talking about the practice of pen testing itself is broken. It's a great tool which delivers great value to organizations. What uh, we're talking about is the way how it is managed, how it's approached by organization. And we've been to all three Black Hat events. We talk to people there and we see the problem a common across the globe. And uh, the bigger the scale of penetration testing, whether you 
supply it or whether you consume it or build it in house, the bigger the scale, the bigger the problem. Right. Yeah. So, uh, cool here. Um, based on our experience, um, the number one problem that that we see in, in pen testing um, is communication, uh, right. or lack or lack thereof. That it, it's the root cause for most of the common issues that we're seeing in pen testing. Uh, uh, let me explain. Um, so poor communication during scoping and planning. Um, what we end up with is is a very poor understanding of what should be tested, how it should be tested, you know, what's required in order to test it properly. Uh, they create a gap in 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 assurance. So the customers perceive that they're getting a pen test done, and and once they um, complete that exercise, then you know it's everything's good. Um, the reality is a lot of the time um, information is misleading, is not there. Um, there's very little engagement in in the way of communication between um, between uh, developers or people who are actually writing the software, creating the problems that we're finding, and also the uh, the pen testers. Um, so this. Well, it sounds like uh, pen testing in general shares a lot of the same communication issues that we see throughout InfoSec. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's 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 not something which is a I guess a recent phenomenon. It's the the, the problem is um, it's been compounded now because uh, pen testing is is something that's growing with pace. You know, it's, we're seeing um, you know twenty twenty five percent compound annual gr uh, growth. Uh, year on year, um, it's a lot of it is compliance and regulatory driven, um, and and obviously a fear of being hacked. Um, but what that's doing is, is it's there's a lot of people out there performing penetration testing, but we really lack a lot of standardisation. We we lack a lot of consistency, um, and look also poor communication during testing itself. Um, it leads to you know very slow response times for remediation and, and and fixing issues so developers are getting the information too late um it's exposing companies uh for longer than necessary these vulnerabilities especially if it's if it's production systems right um, we need to close that gap we need to get that feedback loop between discovering vulnerabilities and back to back to people who need to fix it we need to get better at that um there's a lot of lack of visibility and transparency for testing coverage. Uh, traditionally, uh, a pen test report will tell you what's wrong. Um, and half the time you don't know what was tested. Um, organizations will, you know, maybe during scoping, they'll let you know that they've tested against, you know, say like OWASP top 10 or some other benchmarks. But in reality, um, you receive the report, it tells you everything's broken. Uh, it's very hard to understand. Um, what was actually done, especially if you receive a report and there's only a couple of low issues, it raises a lot of questions. Um, did they test it properly? There's a really poor state of collaboration and knowledge sharing between, again, pen testers and developers. So because of that, we see problems showing up time and time again. Um, how many times have uh, have we gone, you know, to perform a, a, an annual pen test only to find that the vulnerabilities we reported last time, some of them is critical, uh, still there, and they're not being fixed. Why? You know, what we're trying to get to is understanding what are the problems. Why are these vulnerabilities still there? If if people are paying to get a pen test done, but they're not doing anything about it once they get the information, that that's a problem. That's a problem. Um, it doesn't help that you know pen testers mix their terminology and vulnerability language um, and again it's it's not a it's not uh, the the fault of any any pen tester it's we all have our own uh, libraries our own way of um, communicating findings sitting on the receiving end it's very confusing you get one company to give you a report uh, another one you know the next week and you can't compare the two and it gets even more confusing if you're going and um, scoping a pen test because one person's charging, you know, going to charge you five days. One's going to charge you ten, and another person saying they can do it in one day. I right. mean, who's who's telling the truth there? Again, these are communication problems. You know, it's 
it's it's a problem with the way that uh, on both and, and again it's, it's it's not any fault of pen testers or clients but it's the way that pen testing is communicated from start to end that leads to a lot of these a lot of these problems do you do you see this as being part and parcel of pen testing in general or is this a problem of the maturity of the organizations that are conducting these pen test exercises it, it varies it varies depending on on the size of the organizations the sectors um, their maturity uh, obviously we've we've worked with organizations who have had very mature programs um, but they still um, suffer from a lot of these problems uh, for the reason is uh, some some of the organizations we work with will do you know a few hundred pen tests a, a year uh, one of the banks we worked with were we're doing upwards of 500 pen tests a year um, when you're managing pro pen testing programs at that scale um, there's a lot of problems and uh, around communication there's many links in the chain you've got you know the the, the pen testers themselves then you may have you know their um, technology leads and or consulting leads and then you know project managers and you know all of the links in the middle and then you've got you know the people on the outside the developers and unfortunately um, what we find is we go into these engagements half the time the, uh, we don't have the information we need to start on day one uh, because there was a lot of poor communication during the planning stage people not understanding that as a pen tester um, and, and and one of the you know the, the pet pet problems that we, we we hear all the time which is very frustrating is you're a hacker you figure it out it, it, doesn't, <laughs> it, it doesn't work like that you know we uh, what people don't understand is as a pen tester you, you're an organization you've just spent months or years and millions of dollars building a brand new system and then you go and engage a pen tester and you give them you know one week or less to try and figure out how the whole system works under the hood. And we have to pull the whole thing apart. Uh, we, you know, we've got to learn a bit more, um, you know, usually jumping on Google, trying to figure out all this crazy technology that, that the developers are using now. Then we have to try and figure out how to break the system. You know, we're, we're trying to understand how we can make the system do things that architects and developers had never intended or, or thought of. Mm -hmm. And after all of that, we've got to write a report which goes to executives <laughs> and to the technical audience. And all of them have to understand it and start acting upon it just yeah. after looking and reading a few paragraphs in a hundred page report that's relevant to them. Yeah, and then after all of that, we have to jump into these countless meetings to discuss the findings over and over and over again, juggle retesting. Um, and by the time retesting comes, we've already moved on to two or three projects. Uh, maybe 10 at that point. So um, again, this uh, collaboration and communication are really the key, key problems that we're seeing, um, which are sort of plaguing um, organizations um, in terms of being able to move faster. You know, pen testing comes just before go live uh, in, in, in the project sense, not in the, in the BAU sense. Um, it's the last tick of approval before a system can go live. So you've got, you know, a project team, which is sitting there, you know, burnt out, spending the last, you know, 12, 24, 36 months building this system. And they just want to get it out into the, <laughs> into the world. Do, do you see that as just a tick box function for these teams just to get what their real goal is? And that's to have this production system rolled out. Or do you see this as part of their security by design approach? It, it varies. It, it varies. And there's organizations we work with that um, take their pen testing very seriously. They, they want to use it as a tool to, to get better. They want to measure how much better they're getting. Um, they see the, the value in that. Uh, unfortunately, there's organizations we work with, large and small, um, which use it as a, as a tick box um, because they know uh, they can't go into production without it. And, and I guess as, as pen testers, it's, it's challenging for us in those situations because uh, when we go into the um, scoping and planning phase, um, you know, we, we want to cover as much as we can. And the reason for that is we want to provide a high level of assurance to tell, let them know that, you know, 
if an attacker were to attack your systems in this way, um, this is what they can do. Um, but when a lot of things are getting called, you know, out of scope, that creates a problem for us um, as an industry because, you know, all of a sudden, if they get hacked down the track and everyone points the finger and says, oh, why, why didn't you pick it up? You know, there was a, a pen test was done. Yeah, but how was that pen test done? During the scoping phase, you know, we, we'll, we'll, let's say we were testing an API and, and we said, okay, well, you know, we, we need information to talk to your API. Give us some sample requests. Mm -hmm. uh, and then developers will, you know, or sometimes clients will say, no, you figure it out. We're not giving you anything. Well, you know, <laughs> you're making our lives impossible because we don't know how to talk to your system if we don't even know where these endpoints exist. And, and, right. and these are honestly these <laughs> problems. And I'd, I'd love to yeah, see what sort of <laughs> uh, Philip's experience is as well, because we, Stas and I, we, we talk to a lot of pen testers around the world and, uh, and we work with freelancers, again, all, from all over the world. And, and these problems are not sort of um, ones that we just see here in Australia. It's uh, the industry itself. I, I think there's a lot of organizations have a lot of fear of what's going to happen in a, uh, from the results of a pen test. Will I lose my job if there's vulnerabilities there? And again, it's it's a stigma I think that um, we need to work through as well. That it's a good thing to get testing done. Where we're trying to help you, it's better now than uh, these vulnerabilities being picked up in the wild and and uh, and then your tomorrow's um, page one news. So it sounds like these problems have been around for quite a long time, though. So we're not really seeing anything new here or at least from what I'm hearing that's what I'm getting so what are other people doing in this space to address these issues oh yes you're right this problem being from the day one of pen testing it's just getting more and more to three level layers of management it's someone I can get on slack look I cannot reproduce your problem oh did you try this? This is a screenshot. Oh, yeah, of course. Now I can reproduce it. Now I fixed it. Uh, what about this place and that? And that changes when we talk to each other. We see each other differently when we see each other comments through chain of email. I agree 100%. And I've always said it. And, you know, Carol listening in will agree with me and back me up on this. I'm a huge proponent of getting all the players in the same room at the same time you know it does so much to be able to expedite the processes eliminate the bullshit and really just you know work together as a team and that's why you know coming from the blue team background you know i'm a huge proponent of these colors you know purple you know let's let's make these red teams blue teams cohesive and collaborative and working towards the same means and that's ultimately to protect and defend the organization we're just coming at it from different angles and we may use different tool sets and different techniques and procedures but at the end of the day we're all charged with the same uh, mission and that is to be able to protect and defend that organization so what's your story then i mean what led you to building this tool attack forge to to help solve these problems uh, phil and i operate a consultancy here in australia uh, called cyber security hub mm -hmm. well mostly pen testing some uh, governance risk and compliance as well uh, it's small we're small we self-funded we operate out of home, out of own profit. So it means that answering phone calls, all strange time at night. Really, um, like 3 a.m.? <laughs> uh, that's, that's a little bit more fun than uh, on Friday afternoon, you receive yeah. a phone call from a client telling, when I gonna get my report? Or pen tester uh, doing on client requests, late night pen testing non-pro times sort of and asking but the credentials are not working for my uh, authenticated pen test where i can find those we also work with uh, and i've been previously on the receiving side of pen testing and i do remember things like oh uh, are calling the team and asking we spend two million dollars on pen testing a year uh can someone tell for most prompt Problem. What are the 10 most problem million dollars to find? And then 
some poor intern would have to spend next week's going through PDFs, you know, whole set of 500 PDFs to create a spreadsheet and then produce a chart. And next year it's another two weeks. That's right. That that's that's frustrating on a both side. And reality is feels just said, this is a communication. This is people are too far away from each other. Back to our story. We work with uh, being a small company, we have to be very efficient. Mm -hmm. We build a tag forge initially for ourselves. As I say, we eat our dog food, our own dog food. We build it to make our work easier, to re relieve our own pain, pain of our pen testers, and pay and have a something that our clients can use, so life is easier for them as well. However. In 2017, our customers, like every other customer of any pen testing organization, come to us with a painful message. We have a policy, we have to you know, roll pen testers. We need to change the provider. No one likes that, but they have this policy. But they said, look, we like your, oh, your platform. We want to use others. With other, what brought all oh, Attack Forge get us to realize that it is something that can be used by others. Uh, so we see this that opportunity. We did research, and uh, yes, everyone has the same problem. So since that, we put a lot of focus in developing what is become Attack Forge. And in a little bit more than a year ago, we put also AttackForge.com, which is freemium mm -hmm. uh, platform out there for everyone. <laughs> Oh, to use because we want to give it, we want to give back to community. We want to uh, help, especially small boutiques uh, and freelancers out there who want to run their own pen test tool that will make their life easier. So, how does Attack Forge actually solve the problems then? I mean, what specifically is it addressing? Okay, specifically, first thing that we wanted, we wanted to give business technology and security a way to communicate to feedback to each other mm -hmm. so then something they can come and talk to each other get that helps to get vulnerabilities faster phil mentioned before the real cost of pen testing actually comes not from paying for it but from delay and going live and from exposure exactly so even I can see that, you know, the longer you have these systems identified as vulnerable and not remediated, that's exposure and exposure equals risk. And we know the, the multiplying factors there. So how is it helping to address getting these vulnerabilities fixed faster, quicker, more efficiently? Okay. First of all, we, as a part of the sort of one of the core units of the product is a project workspace. It's a place where each project related to PEDES can keep the information and where people on the project can collaborate. For example, I mentioned testing credentials. They would sit there. APIs that Phil mentioned, or API details, clients would upload those in that place. Uh, vulnerabilities will be registered there and then exported if necessary to internal uh, ticketing systems uh, like Jira and ServiceNow. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that's sort of what this is one thing. Then anyone out there on a ch oh, listening, have you ever seen a pen tester who likes to write the report? Can I answer that for you? Thank you, please. <laughs> Nobody likes authoring reports. Let's just agree yeah. to that. I agree. Truth. Nice. Manual reporting has got to go. It's it. What we've seen, you know, in, in in software development over the last sort of you know 10, 15 years, every other testing activity, you know, functional unit performance, user acceptance. All of them have streamlined, standardized their processes at an industry at an industry level. 
um, they got rid of these manual reports of you know, 20 years ago. They moved to tools like Jira um, to document problems, to get people looking and fixing things faster. Um, they saw the value in collaboration uh, a long time ago and, and they've been um, leveraging that. Um, unfortunately for pen testing, we're still stuck in the last century. You know, large companies, these ones which are doing you know, 50, 100, 200, 500 pen tests a year, they're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on paying consultancies to produce glossy 100 page reports, reports that we don't enjoy writing. And, and, um, and they don't enjoy reading. And, and, and to be honest, right. and, and to be honest, the, it, it's not helping them. It's not what they need to get the issues fixed. You know, it, it, there is some cases where some reports are going to be, you know, circulated at a board level. Okay. There's going to be some edge cases there. But most of the time, it's a matter of communication, understanding where are the problems, which ones should we start looking at first, and you know, can we engage with the pen tester? You know, sometimes when they're thinking about remediation, um, you know, we go in and we retest. You know, two months later, and we find that no, you actually didn't address the problem, but we gave you all the information in the report, but they interpret it wrong. But if you know, a two-minute conversation. Right them would have helped so 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 what we're finding these manual reports they're killing they're killing protesters you, know, you jump on reddit you jump on twitter you jump on any forums and you'll see how many people out there is complaining about writing these reports there's a lot of fantastic tools um you know since the, you know the mid 2000s which are helping to automate the process it's it, it definitely helps um but at, at its core pen testers want to break things um, and we want to find vulnerabilities. We don't want to, you know, waste our time fiddling with uh, styling and word. Um, right. But, uh, absolutely. And and we've touched on it, but we need to get better at communication. We need to find a way uh, to collaborate better. We introduced Slack into Attack Forge as, as a way to try and get, um, you know, pen testers and developers talking um, without having to go through, you know, emails and, you know, Pen testing is a time box activity. Yeah, we can we can pen test for a day. We can pen test for a year. Um, the difference is how deep we're going to go in that time frame. You know, at the start we might look at some low hanging fruit. As we have more time, we'll go much deeper. We'll provide a higher level of assurance. But <clears throat> we need to we need to move fast. As I mentioned before, the the, the job of a pen tester. I scratch my head and wonder why anyone wants to do it. People think it's sexy. It's not sexy. I'm telling you now. If you think it's sexy to, you know, show up on client site and you know you've got next to no information, you're scratching your head, and people, you know, putting pressure on you to to have it all, you know, break the system, and uh, you know, in, in in a couple of days, and then write a you know long comprehensive report. Um, believe me, it's not fun. But we need I, to get, I, it's the reality, and and we've got to get better at that. Absolutely. You know, there's so many times that I've been on five day engagements, two days we're on site and three days we're off site, you know, producing some kind of bollocks report, you know. Uh, so, gents, I, I want to ensure that we have time at the end for Q&A and also to take care of that little uh, subscription giveaway. Do we have the ability to, to see a live demo of you showing the product to those that are here in the audience? And, you know, keep it in mind that we're going to have podcast listeners as well. So try to be illustrative in, in your words. But can we take a look at the product? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If you give me one moment, I'm just, I'll log into. Well, while, while Phil doing that, I would to point in another big, big problem that we believe Attack Forge addresses, that's consistency. We, we mentioned before that every other pen test is different from a previous one. True. Why? Because every pen tester has its own methodology and his own language. No one likes to cut and paste from last year report. And we all know that's what we usually do. We have to do. <laughs> of course. What we give what is what we give gave our pen testers and when we, what we're giving everyone who using the platform is two things is a test suits that uh, that build upon industry or uh, accepted methodologies 
and big library of vulnerabilities, 1300 different vulnerabilities. So you don't need to cut and paste. You find your SQL injection in the library. You choose it. It takes 30 seconds, your vulnerability is registered, but clients as a result can actually compare two different reports. And because all data sitting in the same place, they can actually know, they can actually have data to analyze to see the root causes. The value of that on itself will give gives organizations actual understanding, you know, whether we should train developers or whether we should go and uh, fix uh, outdated pieces of infrastructure. Where the real sort of most common problem and why we have it. Back right. to you, Phil. Yeah, thanks, Sis. Okay. So, now, um, be before you get started, Philip, this is where I want you to play devil's advocate, if you don't mind. Uh, just from your perspective as one who's out there in the field delivering these kinds of engagements in the past and, you know, whatnot, so just kind of punch holes in, in the process and, and see where this actually holds up and, and where there may be some opportunities for events. But feel free to jump in at will. Sure. Actually, this is a good timing because I was reviewing some other similar platforms for my company and uh, we tested some different ones. So it's interesting to see this. I really wished that I would have had the opportunity to see this platform before we made a decision. But I like <laughs> I like the Slack integration, which I hadn't seen in other tools and the Jira and ServiceNow, because like you guys said, getting things remediated, having those tickets to go out right away to the development team or infrastructure team to get those remediated, they're really good. And I like that it's pretty straightforward on how you can see the different formats you can export the reports in. Yeah, look, thank you, Philip. And, and honestly, we, we, we believe that um, communication, again, the speed of communication, ease of communication will help. And, and from our experience, will help people um, uh, take a lot of pain points away from, from pen testing. Um, again, you, you could be the best pen tester in the world and find the most advanced vulnerabilities. Um, if you cannot communicate it effectively, if you cannot articulate it back to the business um, so they understand it, and more importantly, they care about it, you may as well not have found it at all. Um, that's why they're gonna do nothing about it. Um, so that's what we tried to build, you know, Attack Forge with that in mind to make it quick and easy to, you know, create projects, to get all the stakeholders in one place, um, you know, easy and consistently um, raising vulnerabilities. Um, so it's easy for pen testers, but um, it's consistent for for the people consuming the findings and try and remove a lot of the pain away, like report writing, it, you know, there's, there's better ways to address that uh, instead of wasting um, uh, organizations' resources and, and pen testers' resources. Yeah, that was one of our pain points is collaboration. One of the reasons I recommended to it getting some, a platform similar to this because one of the things you ran to in most places I've worked, they have like a binary, just an executable report generator. And you have to deal with, have someone to constantly keep that updated as new vulnerabilities come along and then you run into bugs. So, you know, having someone take care of all the time report changes, you tweak the report, then you got to go in and change things and they're really cumbersome. And if you're working on a pen test with someone else, then You've got the report generated and you pass the the uh, word document back and forth to update so the collaboration thing is very helpful in, in pen testing and, but like i said most places you see have like a little standalone application that does that absolutely exactly right yep everyone has tried to solve the problem in their own way every, every consultancy we've ever spoken to has tried to build a tool um and it, it's just that that to us tells us that there's a problem, you know, if everyone's out there feeling compelled to have to build something to try and solve these problems, um, then then we, as an industry, we have quite a wide problem uh, to address. Um, but we, we, we've done things a bit differently in, in, in what we've done. Again, Attack Forge, we've built it to be a collaboration platform. So it's customer facing, it's it's stakeholder facing. We get all the right people in the, in the one place. Um, they can consume communication and, and information um, much easier that way. So um, what I've got on my screen uh, for people that can see and, and for those people who will uh, be seeing this as part of the podcast, 
um, is a is a um, sample sort of project workspace um, in Attack Forge. Um, the idea is that we we create a project. Uh, when we create that project, we define uh, scopes of what we actually want to test. Um, it, it could be uh, an application, it could be some infrastructure. Uh, in Attack Forge, you can define your scope um, freely. So, um, you know, it, it may be if you're doing a physical security assessment of buildings, uh, it may be physical buildings, but it's entirely up to you. But once once you define what it is you want to test, then we can apply methodologies that we want to execute on that pen test. As an example, in Attack Forge, we've already pre-built a lot of the industry benchmarks, you know, uh, OWASP ASVS, so application security verification standard for web application-based pen tests. Um, MASVS for mobile, again, two of probably the best well-constructed benchmarks that we've come across. Um, OSSTMM, another fantastic one if you're looking to um, perform infrastructure-based testing. But the idea is that we load these methodologies on the project and then pen testers can actually work through each of these test cases. And as they discover vulnerabilities, they can register them in the system. But what we find is that the the business, the the customers, you know, who are paying for this pen test, they can see what's being covered. Um, there's no question around gaps. They can see what was tested, what was still being tested in in progress, what's not applicable, what's not tested. Again, very important information which normally doesn't come in a pen test report because you're only being told what the problems were. Uh, yeah, what's wrong? So, so the idea is that. And, and to be clear, gentlemen, for those that are listening, the platform AttackForge is not executing the pen test itself. It is simply loading in these methodology modules, so to speak, into your project. So there's a framework, so to speak, of the things that need to be tested. And then the pen tester would go off and perform those routines come back and report inside of the TACForge uh, framework what the results were, right? Absolutely. It, it's it's not a magic bullet. It doesn't, you know, it's not a whiz-bang scanner. It's not, not right. going to, it's not going to do that for you. Um, think of it more like a, a Jura for pen testing. Um, it's, it's just, it's a collaboration um, tool, which um, we can use to try and make things happen faster in a consistent and efficient way. Again, it solves a lot of those problems we discussed earlier on in the conversation, uh, which, you know, we believe all stem from, you know, uh, communication or, or, or lack thereof. Um, right. But as we create these projects, um, you know, general workflow, the first thing we want to do, we want to give people access. So when you create a project in AttackForge, and again, you know, we, we have a free version that you guys can use um, if you have a look off our site, but you log in and you can create your own projects. And when you create a project, you can give people access. It's up to you who you want to give access to. Um, and then you can define the level of access you want to give them as well. <clears throat> so we have some you know, more granular uh, access controls there as well. But once everyone's got access, you know, that's, that's, that's one of the big hurdles uh, we've we've um, we've now solved. Now we need to start collecting information. So in in Attack Forge, when you create a project, there's a, a workspace where you can allow people to upload and share files with you. <clears throat> Again, this is where we want to capture, you know, test credentials, um, solution documentation. Um, you know, if we're doing mobile assessments, this is where they can upload binaries. Um, if we're doing code review, this is where they can upload the code. Again, we capture and store and manage it all in one place. Um, stops having developers sending, sending us, you know, stuff in email, which um, is you know difficult to track and it's not obviously a secure way to to to, to handle that information. <clears throat> but once we have all that information, everyone's got access. Um, <clears throat> we can send commencement e emails literally from Packforge. We click one button, email everyone on the team, let them know they've started. And now we can now we start working through those tests. So as the pen testers work through, they can show exactly what's being tested, uh, what hasn't been tested. They can uh, add notes and evidence 
you know, if, if, if something wasn't uh, applicable uh, because there was issues in the environment when we were testing it, um, we can add some screenshots, we can add some notes there. Again, there's, there's traceability, there's transparency. I like but, that. Yeah, it, it's, it's important. Um, again, the, the more information you share with the customer, they, see, they start to see the value in pen testing. It's, it's, not a, it's not a guy, you know, wearing in a trench coat that's gonna just mash the keyboard and, and two weeks later you get this long, you know, report that you don't understand. It, there's, there is method to the madness. And, and, and that's what we we're trying to show that it's, it's it, the industry, there, there are mature processes, but it's not always feasible. So that's where we want to create that. Right. <laughs> and Phil, just for time's sake, we're about 10 minutes left. I'd like to split that if you don't mind between Q&A and wrapping up here with what you're uh, walking Absolutely. us through. Absolutely. So if we could use that five minutes to hit on the high notes of what you would like the listeners to take away from this. Yeah, absolutely. Look, for the listeners who are pen testers, um, we'd like you to think about how you're approaching testing. You know, a lot of you um, think that it's um, the way that that stuff works. Like, you know, you you have to go in and have, you know, all this scan aggregation. You have to, um, you know, generate these hundred page glossy reports. Um, just think about that for a moment. Have a, have a chat with your customers, really understand what they need. Um, because in, in most cases, they just want to know where the problems are so they can get it quickly addressed. Attack Forge will help you. Uh, you know, we've, we've got the capability in here, you know, massive centralized uh, library, which makes adding vulnerabilities painful, uh, you know, painless, very quick and easy, 20, 30 seconds. Your customers can download their own reports. Again, um, you do not have to write reports and and you, you don't have to get these phone calls saying, where's my report? Have you started testing? What's being covered? All of that solves itself because the customer can log in, they can see that information, they can download the report, export it into their own you know, JIRA service now, doesn't matter. They can customize the reports themselves. Um, they, they've got the autonomy to take a lot of the pain away from you. And if you're someone out there on the receiving end of pen testing, yep. yeah, then, then again, uh, a lot of the, the, if you're a project manager, developer, you know, l that lack of information, you know, what, what are they going to find? Um, you know, uh, how, how can I engage the pen test to ask some questions? Um, you know, how can I see that information so I can start fixing this faster because... And to that point, seeing the information, you know, if I'm a CISO, a CIO, or even a board member, if I'm getting the exact same consistent reporting format every time one of these is performed in our organization, now I understand and I know exactly where to look for what is most pertinent to me and my role and my responsibilities or our mission for the organization or identifying risk. You know, the more consistent that report format looks to me, the easier I'm able to consume it, right? And if I also happen to be the one who is the check writer for the organization, <laughs> you know, now it's making yeah. sense for you as the security team to want to deliver that kind of consistency because that's how your interest in your projects are going to become funded. I at least get that part of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, ab absolutely. As, as Stas mentioned, we built this from pain. You know, we we had we experienced a lot of pain trying to deliver you know hundreds and hundreds of pro pen testing projects a year, um, and 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 those the the lack of you know transparency, visibility, communication, collaboration. These are the the, the problems that that everyone feels on, on a pen test. You know, whether on both sides of the fence. So. Again, it's it's these are the types of problems we're 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 solving an attack for. And, Phil, uh, let's let's throw this pen or or this uh, poll question out there. I I know we had it set up, but I was really kind of waiting for the right time, and I think this is it, guys. I want to throw this out there. Please answer based off of historical. 
you know, and the question is, how do you measure the success of a pen test? Is it by the size of that report? Is it by the level of the technical details in it? Was it the level of coverage, the depth of coverage performed during the actual testing? Or was it the, the, the speed of how quickly you were able to remediate those vulnerabilities? We're going to give just a minute. Uh, I'm going to leave this up there while, Phil, you can continue on. But I want yeah. to make sure we got this out there. Just, or uh, I would suggest you one of the sort of other side. Again, I've been a lot on the on the receiving side of pen testing. One thing that uh, we can show is analytics. Now, like every other testing activity out there, the data now not in a PDF, Word, whatever in a shared folder somewhere now that data in the in the database when it is in the database you can slice and dice and actually extract value out of that historically what was was i better one year ago compared to now you can compare it and and that's what uh having that data right. in one place allows to do and CISA can log on and see and do that play to understand should i ask money for developer training or should i ask money for infrastructure engineers training yeah. it, it 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 leads back from what stas was saying you know it's a, an executive saying we spent you know many millions of dollars on pen testing what are the top 10 problems i mean that information should be readily available um, that's what what you can get what is currently on the screen is that you can see your you own your organization your client top 10 most frequent vulnerabilities top 10 test cases leading to vulnerabilities right and, and that's great to get that historical perspective as well so gentlemen we're at the top of the hour i yep. want to get into the q a this has been yep. fantastic philip do you have any uh, holes that need to be punched or, or what do you think just based off of what you saw, saw these past few minutes and try to be brief? Yeah, I've looked at, I've seen competing products. And like I said, I wished I would have seen this before we made our decision. One thing I was just kind of curious about is what all type of uh, tools do you import from? Do you support Nessus and Burp Suite input? <laughs> Uh, look, we—that's uh, the number one question we get. We, always the first question. Always the first question. We we, we don't support um, Nessus. We don't support any of the, any of the tools. And and I'll tell you why. When we initially built AttackForge, we put integration in for for Nessus for Burp uh, as a starting point. And what we found from pen testers was they were spending a lot of time importing all of this noise into AttackForge and then having to filter out that noise. And then the information that was being um, imported uh, was inconsistent between all the different tools. And so the amount of time for them to actually get that information in a state where it can go back to the customer or back to a developer so they know what the problem is and can start fixing it, there was uh, a, lot of, a, a, a lot of pain there. And that's where, um, and, and from the customer side as well, again, um, you don't want to go and give them, they don't want to be receiving, you know, scanner information. They need something a bit more useful. So what we did, we actually, to address that problem, you know, we, 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 we spent about six months <clears throat> working with both sides of the fence to try and figure out a, a, better, a way to solve that. We, we came up with a centralized issue library, leveraging a uh, like publicly available industry sources of approved vulnerability language. The two data sets that we uh, built into AttackForge is uh, CWE and, and CAPEC. So both data sets from um, MITRE organization, which again, for anyone who's a pen tester would be familiar with, the, these are um, vulnerabilities that have already been peer reviewed over many years People have argued around the syntax, around the structure of these vulnerabilities to the point where most people can agree that this is how we talk about these vulnerabilities. Again, uh, and not by US Department of Defense, but what we did, we, we built that library in and we make it easy for you to um, select vulnerabilities from there. 
uh, as an example for people who can see my screen, I can keyword search for like, say reflected cross-site scripting. All of that information is now available, pre-populated. I don't have to go and write that. I don't have to worry about um, having that information um, peer reviewed or QA'd because I know that it was already uh, reviewed when it went into the library. Um, right. I, I can add new information myself. Um, we do have a lot of the vulnerabilities that scanners report already in the library. So yeah, to sort of long story short, um, we switched it off. Um, we don't believe that it's, it actually helps, to be honest. There's a lot of other tools out there which, which do it, do it well, uh, but it's not what we're trying to do. Philip, does that answer your question? Yes, it does. All right, fantastic. So not that way, but that's a really good, interesting way of doing things. So thanks for that explanation. So we do have a few questions in the queue. Um, Carol, I'm gonna run with these if you don't mind, just in the interest of time. So the first one that we have, and I do not recall who had asked it, my apologies, but would going to a real-time continuous pen test model help alleviate the effort in doing a yearly or bi-yearly test? I'll answer that. Uh, it will to a degree, even with continuous pen testing, even probably more with continuous pen testing, you need to maintain methodology. You need to maintain the coverage and you need to have a place where communication <clears throat> is happening. Because otherwise that continuing pen test will mean continuing pain because people moving from one place to another, you want to have different pen testers doing your continuous pen testing as well. Right. If we talk about automated pen testing, there are some good tools out there, but to be honest, I haven't seen one that can compare to a well-trained pen tester who can go and use human intelligence to deal with it. Exactly. There's too many forks in the road. So just to, again, keep on point here. So Denny Willers asks, this is web-based correct. Is there a standalone version available? Uh, look, it is a web-based platform. Uh, yes, there is a standalone version as well. Okay. And also asking, do you have the ability to mask data that is to be placed into reports or exportable? Do you have the ability? Yes. Um, so that any, any user who has access to this project um, can customize the reports they can mask certain information that they don't want to share. For those who can't see my screen, what I've brought is a, a section where we can toggle or flag information that we want in these reports. As an example, if you're providing a report to an auditor or a third party, um, you don't want to give them screenshots. You know, you don't want to give them proof of concepts or you know how to hack me guides. You just need to give them the information that they need, which is appropriate. Again, right. if it's a developer, they don't they don't care about executive summaries. They don't want that information. They just want the juicy details. Um, so in Attack Forge, you can customize what information is is being generated in the reports. Um, what's being exported again it's it's you've got that autonomy to do that yourself without having to go back to the pen test team and asking them to chop and change the report for you yeah and having seen this product a couple times Alan, i'm getting to one of the last two questions here you know it does seem very intuitive but i will agree that for perhaps the novice or one who's unfamiliar with these particular types of collaboration tools for penetration testing do you have product training available yes absolutely absolutely so uh attackforge.com you know free cloud version that anyone can register and use um there's an quite a rich help and information section we have video tutorials which walk through all the different types of uh, workflows, which would, you know, whether you're on the um, client side, whether you're on the pen testing side, um, we have uh, a lot of information there to help you uh, understand how to pick up and use the system quite quickly. So there's quite a rich knowledge base, which, uh, which we're constantly adding to as well. Excellent. Uh, so with that, we're getting towards the end here. I would like to go ahead and make our selection 
from those that have stuck with us through the end. So just so you're aware, it looks like at this point, we have uh, about 15 folks remaining. So I am going to use the random.org to basically select three random numbers between one and 15. Will that work for you guys as far as awarding those enterprise licenses? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Perfect. First one is number two. Number two in our list would be Ed Pardo. Ed Pardo, send me an email if you don't mind. Please speak up at cyberspeaks.com. Number two will be number 14. That would be Sophina Keo Lawson. Same deal. Send me an email. Speak up at cyberspeaks.com. And the last recipient, number seven, Landry Cesar Duambo, I believe. Landry, if you will, please do the same. Just shoot me an email. I will put you in touch with a gentleman to be able to take care of getting those licenses to our three recipients. So for those that are still here, you know, basically what I've taken from this gentleman, correct me if I'm wrong, but when it comes to communication, collaboration, and consistency, my notes right there, that seems to be what the Attack Porch platform is all about. Um, any closing comments that you'd like to leave for our listeners? Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about it. And uh, as you hear, we it's our daily pain. We, we're quite passionate about it. And if anyone in, out there in the audience have questions uh, later on, come register, try, and we would love to hear your feedback. Yeah, so how can they get in touch with you and register for the community edition? Yep, so if you go to attackforge.com, um, there's a link there to register and, and access the uh, community uh, edition. Um, you can register an account, start using it straight away. Um, if you want to reach out to us, um, you can reach us at, on, uh, on Twitter at attackforge um, and, and on LinkedIn as well. Um, alternatively, we have contact information um, in the application itself, um, which you can right. uh, and, uh, and, and use that. And, and again, Stas and I are always uh, attending um, conferences, talking about these pains. We, we want to get out there to reach as many people as we can, try and be at every black hat. Please come talk to us. You know, it, it's something that we are extremely passionate about, you know, so please don't be shy. You guys planning another trip to the States anytime soon? Yes, we're working out the logistics at the moment. <laughs> All right. But, uh, yeah, ho hopefully uh, we'll be there in uh, in November timeframe. All right. Do share when you uh, when you get more intel. So with that, I would like to thank all three of our fills. Uh, <laughs> Carol, thank you as well. You know, we have a full house here, three fills and a pair of Macklin. So, you know, there you have it. Folks, uh, just some show notes. Gentlemen, thank you again for joining us in the middle of the evening. Uh, feel free if you want to drop off now. I'm just going to close with a couple minutes here for our listeners. So coming up next week, we will be rejoined by the very first guest co-host on Cyberspeaks Live, Marcus J. Carey from the Tribe of Hackers movement and everything that has gone into not only the books, the conference, this is in its own wings and soaring. So can't wait to have them back on the show. We are going to be talking about the second edition of the Tribe of Hackers books. This is basically for the Red Teamers. Go figure, back to back, focusing on you guys. Uh, after that, we're going to be working in a couple others and then getting totally prepped for, of course, Cyber Security Awareness Month all month long in October. So those are some of the things that are coming up. If you would like to uh, participate, come on the show, be like a Philip and, you know, uh, help run things from this side, please reach out. Let me know. Uh, also, if you have any show ideas, concepts, uh, other companies you'd like us to take a look at and get them on the show, let us know. Speak up at cyberspeaks.com. 
Once again, my name is Duncan Macklin. I am reachable on Twitter at InfoSecWar. Uh, you can also look me up on LinkedIn, Duncan Macklin. That is M-C-A-L-Y-N. And this is another week in the books. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and it's a wrap. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Cyber Speaks Live. Remember to visit our blog at cyberspeaks.com to sign up for our newsletter of upcoming episodes and special guest co-hosts. If you'd like to be a guest co-host or sponsor the show, please email us at speakup at cyberspeaks.com. That's all for this week. And as always, stay safe and secure out there.